Happy Monday, everybody. We are starting off Gary V Week today, and I have some fun things we can do to start Gary V Week, but I just want to say good morning to everyone. RK, how are you doing this morning? Well, it's Gary V Week, so fun things is just redundant, in my opinion. I mean, how, yeah. can, how can you not have fun with Gary V? Right? Well, for one thing, I have this book, right, the book Rise and Grind, which does detail Gary V's morning routine it also this is also the book where the grant cardone chapter is called beat the sun i just want to give a quick shout out to cat benson hot sauce on popcorn is the way to go you were absolutely right i appreciate the text you sent me last night that was like wet popcorn is better and i was like but hey wait 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 you have to read the whole text i still I judge you for the canola oil Okay, I've stopped putting canola oil on my popcorn. Usually I try to melt real butter if I can. But that, see, if you told me that from the start, I never would have judged you. It was you grabbing cooking spray and spraying the inside well, of a popcorn bag. I didn't, the <laughs> I didn't have butter available at the time. I wasn't see, just going to eat my I'd popcorn rather, dry. I'd rather have dry popcorn than that. Dry popcorn is gross. Dry popcorn <laughs> is not gross. Dry pop, wet popcorn is better if it's like butter or hot sauce or something that adds flavor. Not just like, I mean, I think I'd rather have watered down popcorn than canola spray. Oh yeah, I've put water on my popcorn before too. But again, I think I'd rather have dry popcorn than water popcorn. Okay, my number one would be to have butter on my popcorn. That's a good number right? one. That's a right? great number, number one. Number two, I, agree. I would try. The, I'll try the hot sauce. I'll try, try the, the hot sauce. I'll try is the delicious. hot sauce. And you can actually do both. You can do butter and and hot sauce. It sounds like it's going to get my fingers really messy. You just lick your fingers. I mean, That's we're savages. Point. Like, <laughs> like I, I I I had the same thought, and I started eating it. I was like, oh, I just do this, like that easy. I did just do some push-ups on the ground, so I regret putting my finger in my mouth. <laughs> uh, just Dave, I'd rather eat hard kernels over eating soggy water popcorn. I don't think I'd rather. I think I'd rather just throw the bag out at that point. <laughs> like I, I like how we're all coming from this too, from the perspective of there is popcorn that exists and we have to eat it today. Like there is no other option, like to eat something else. <laughs> See, share solid with the with the Trader Joe's movie. Aaron's addicted to Trader Joe's. Like Trader it's, Joe's it's, has it's, some good stuff. It's her favorite store. I think I think it sparks joy for her. What's up, Kitty? Um, so got this book. The Gary V chapter is called Be on Edge. Oh wait, I gotta turn off this fan before people start asking if I have a metronome going. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the metronome fan. So y'all, this is the book. We haven't pulled out the book Rise and Grind since Grant Cardone week, I think. But this book has multiple gurus morning routines in it. And we this is the one where we learned that Grant Cardone has a meeting at 9.06 every morning because of it being intentional. You have to be intentionally un without intentions. Uh, um, just Eva. I love how you're in a hostage situation and they're just like, you got to eat this popcorn or die. Exactly. There's nothing else to it. So here's what Gary V does in the morning. It's bedtime story time. Try not to fall asleep. Too late. Okay. Well, it starts off by saying that Gary's got his fingers in just about everything. Just true. Every orifice. Yeah. Gary's he's, got his fingers in just about everything. I think it's safe to say he's entrepreneurial kinky. Oh, definitely. That entrepreneurship is his fetish. Mm -hmm. 
I think when Rachel Hollis had a line of clothes with QVC, one of the shirts said hustle is my love language, which I'm not going to lie. I kind of like that. <laughs> I think when Grant Cardone had a line of lines. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On with Gary V chapter. Okay. All right. So uh, oh, he's just talking about how great Gary is over here. Yeah. We already know Gary's great. Um, I mean, here we go. Okay, Gary starts with a G. Gary just, says, "Sorry, what?" I was just gonna say that he has to be great or good because he starts with a G. I mean, you are your alliterations. That's why I'm asshole. <laughs> That's why I am stupid savvy. Stupid savvy. Go. I like straight. It. You're straight savvy. I don't know about with all that. that. With all that straight passing privilege that you oh, talk yeah, about. Well, well, now I've got, I've got long nails now. So once you have long nails as a woman, you automatically have straight passing privilege. There you go. You heard yeah. it here first, y'all. Okay, I'm sorry that I keep derailing this. Um, so he says, the one constant in my life is that I have nightmares. I used to have nightmares when I was a kid and it was a recurring nightmare. In my dream, my family and I were flying back to Belarus and the plane would crash. Every time different people from my family, usually one to three people would survive. It was very dark, very disturbing, and parents today would find out their kid was having the same recurring dream and send them somewhere to see what was wrong with them. I must have had that dream 50 times from the time I was in maybe second grade until I started middle school, and everything was so clear to me in those dreams. There'd be one or two or three of us who would survive this horrible crash and would be walking through the snow, and it was very, very weird. I've never really talked about this before. But you asked me this question in a very interesting way. You asked me how I start my day and you want to know how I end each day. And the answer is the same, perspective and gratitude. That's true from when I first started having these dreams as a kid all the way to today. Perspective and gratitude is what drives me. That's what I'm about. Every morning I wake up and I force myself to think like I used to think after one of these nightmares. Every morning I pretend that my mother or my wife or one of my children has died. Every day I do this. I did it just today. I let my mind go to this dark, dark place and I feel what I would feel if this had happened. When I go to sleep at night, I do the same thing and it doesn't just flash through my mind. It doesn't just register and then disappear. It fills my whole body. What would it be like if my four-year-old son got hit by a car while he was crossing the street? I force myself to think this way, to feel this way, but I'm very in tune with myself as I do this. And I promise you, if you're in touch with your feelings and if you're able to trick yourself into feeling this way, it really hurts. I tear up just telling you about it now, but if you allow yourself to go there you get to the place where nothing else matters it keeps everything you're likely to face in perspective okay so so that's he's how to, he's got to be trolling right like i feel like to be a self-help guru you have to hate people like i think they just yeah. ask themselves what can we get away with convincing these people to do today i know let's completely cripple their psyche because <laughs> i just read that uh i forgot who said it in the chat that Ethan Cross book, I think it's called, called Shatter, which uh -huh. talks about the relationship people have with their inner voice. And it basically said do the opposite of that. <laughs> like, right, don't. is that, I mean, we could try it, I guess. Is he, but is he being serious? Like, do we think that he was like getting interviewed about his morning routine and he's like, eh, I'll fuck with them a little bit and say that every morning I wake up and visualize the people I love dying and then that sets the tone for my day. Dude, he has to hate the people that like him because, like, only <laughs> only a monster tells to their fans to think of all their loved ones dying. Like, should we try it? Should we like wake up every morning no, and meditate? We should, it, it, 
Forget V week, but like I want we should try else. it. When we wake up, the first thing you do is is uh, meditate. And we're going to sleep, so give yourself a nightmare too. And visualize everyone we love dying. <laughs> I can't. I'm just sad just thinking about it. There's yeah, and it's so fucked up. I'm sorry. You were you were mid sentence. Go. No, I'm just I'm reading. I'm trying to read through. Um, and Damon from Shark Tank, who's interviewing him, is like, like huh, who does that? Who willingly puts himself in that kind of frame of mind? Yeah, it's um, like, here's the thing. It, we talk about this frequently with our gurus. They all have a nugget of truth in what they're teaching. And his big thing is perspective, which right. we agree with. No yes. one's going to disagree with perspective. Like, that's, that's, that's fantastic advice. Everyone should reflect on their perspective and find things that they're grateful for. Um, reflect on the things in their life they're grateful for. That's the exact opposite of giving yourself an existential crisis. That's putting yourself in a better frame of mind. One that actually wants to get out of bed and do shit because you get the opportunity to. Not one where it's like, how, how do you find motivation with that? It's like, I understand perspective. And then you sort of snap back to reality. And it's like, okay, everything is fine. And I'm so grateful that didn't happen. But I'm sorry, first off, there's enough real world atrocities where you don't have to fabricate more. Like it's pretty easy to fall into a downward spiral just by reading about what's going on in other parts of the world or your own neighborhood. Like it's not difficult for me to find people struggling in New Orleans. I just have to drive to Claiborne. Um, and then my instinct is to help them. One of the things that's just sort of spiraling in my mind right now after hearing that is even when it comes to disasters, he has to put himself as the center of attention and make yeah. himself the protagonist as opposed to feeling inspired to help those who maybe need help, who have lost their families, who are currently homeless or like or, or food insecure and shit like that. I'm not saying he's not a philanthropist because I'm not going to speak to him on that. I'm sure. just going to comment on this morning routine, which has to put himself in the center of a disaster in order to give himself perspective, which feels like a really warped sense of ego. Okay, so Eva's over here saying, what if you manifest it? And that just like made my OCD go all kinds of wild right there. So I will absolutely not be doing this exercise because it's going to give me major OCD problems. And all day I'm going to be like, now I need to tap this thing and look at this thing this way and do this thing and this because otherwise I will have manifested it this morning. Maybe that's why I don't like manifestation because it just fucks with my OCD. So I'm like, nope, nope, nope. And did I, I sent you the text last night where that, that book chatter was really funny because the last thing it said, which it, it was a really stupid oh, last thing Sorry, to say. I was super high watching Fifty Shades of Grey and I didn't understand your text at all. <laughs> it, I mean, it, was, it was a really stupid last thing to end the book with because it should have launched into another chapter from there. But it basically said people who have consp people who believe conspiracy theories regularly are participating in the same um, activities and practices of people who are diagnosed with OCD, looking to construct order from chaos and find answers where they just aren't, don't have any. Maybe that's why I'm such a conspiracy theorist and I'm always like, the government's in on everything. There's a secret government conspiracy and that's why the world's so bad. It might just be that the world's bad. Yeah, or the world <laughs> is bad and you're looking to create, yeah. even if it's a bad narrative, there is comfort in the narrative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Next time I start uh, yelling about a bunch, like how there's a big conspiracy. Maybe I'll I'll think for a moment. Is this my? Just yell, I'm OCD instead. Yeah, but talking, <laughs> which half the time it is. So that's why I'm I'm probably not going to do this visualization because the whole idea of like, what if I accidentally manifest something? That's like the driving force of my OCD, right? That's why do I'm like Ivy. Do Ivy's family? Okay, I'll imagine I, <laughs> Ivy doesn't have a family. She was brought to life through a, a spell that was cast on her with an essential oil blend at a conference. 
So uh, visualize the witch that brought Ivy to life from doTERRA. It was probably whoever runs the pyramid scheme that did it, yeah. Stop picking your nose, RK, my biggest inspiration at this moment, who speaks total sense when he's not making jokes. That is, that is me. I, I operate on a binary of, of clarity and jokes. Honestly, I think you've got a lot of wisdom. You got a lot of wisdom in you. Through humor. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, when you're as big of an idiot through your 20s as I am, you, you learn a few lessons. Apparently, according to this, the idea behind what Gary Vee claims that he does in the morning <laughs> is that it's it's that he doesn't need to visualize himself being good at business because he already knows he's good at business. He needs to visualize the parts of his life he can't control because then he'll be in the mindset of like, things I can't control might happen to me and I'm ready for it no matter what. I mean, I think that would just depress me though. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like, what is it? It's like, what, what what's that prayer that people say? It's like, Lord, give me the strength to change the things I can. Um, ignore like, that. It, like yeah. ignore like uh, accept ignore, the things I can't yeah. and uh, ignore those. It's it's all something along those lines. It's like, I think if you if you focus on the things you can't control, that doesn't empower you. That just depresses you. Like the chaos is going to enter your life. I'm going to sound like Jordan Peterson here, but chaos is going to enter your life. That's that's its definition. And you just have to, I don't know. It goes back to that, that book I read, uh, falling apart without going to pieces, uh, where mm -hmm. it's like, you shouldn't shield yourself from the bad when it comes because it's as much a part of you as the good. You just have to accept it and live with it and, and like live inside of it for a second. And it, it almost, when you let it become a part of you, it does help elevate you to a higher I don't want to say plane of existence because I know that gets a little culty, but it does help you become more complete because like negative emotions are a part of you. It sort of ties into that toxic positivity mindset where if you are shielding out all negative criticism, you do become a weaker person. You you build you build yeah. higher walls, but you're a weaker person because um, you need this greater protection. Whereas if you accept the negativity as a part of you as well, you're able to endure a lot more. Yeah. This little, yeah, like, and as what Brittany's saying in the chat, it really seems like this is a, something he should just be doing in therapy, I feel like. Like, this doesn't seem like a good morning. I mean, I don't know. Gary Vee's a successful dude, so if he's, uh, if this is helping him in the morning, then good for him, I guess. I'll, I'll go to therapy with him. I'll ask the therapist why I'm into mothers in their 40s, and he can ask why he's into his family dying. yeah. It'll, it'll be a fun so, joint therapy session. <laughs> and the so answer like, will be the same. Sorry, go. <laughs> no, I like some of the stuff Gary says in this chapter. You know who talks to me about hustling and finding the right balance in their lives? People who aren't happy, who make things too complicated. They want their business to be bigger or they want to make more money, but then they complain that they're not spending enough time with their families. My answer to that, spend more time with their family. Then they tell me what they want their business to grow. My answer to that, work harder. This is binary stuff. It's basic. And it's, it's also not wrong. I mean, if you it's want to- It's not wrong. In, yeah. Like, it's also a little bit like um, it, based on his own experience, I think, which I mean, is all he can say. So that's fair. But I I don't think it's quite that simple for everyone. But he's like, oh, you want to, you want your business to grow? Work harder. You want to spend more time with your family? Spend more time with your family. Which is true, but like- He has a weird strategy where he's like, <laughs> he gives the most basic advice and then he just drops what he thinks is really deep, but just makes absolutely no sense. Yes. I mean, that's jab, 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 right hook. It's jab, 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 basic advice, basic advice, basic advice, right hook. This is why I'm a God. 
Yeah, I need to read that book, but I can't, I don't think it's on Audible because I oh, want to even have to read. The, you don't even have to read the book. I mean, he he basically talks about the principles in all of his podcasts. That's true. Maybe we can just instead of reading one of his books because he's even admitted outright that he doesn't. He did write not the write books. the book. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, which I admire that he's like, I use a ghostwriter. I'm not a writer. I, oh, I I'm not talking for that at all. I'm, I'm not even. No, I'm just books. saying yeah. like. I feel like we could just listen to some of his podcasts instead this week. Because that's where his energy and focus is. So yeah. I feel like that's almost doing him a favor by by listening to him in his in his net. Because he's a speaker. He's not a writer. Right. Um. What what else is there? But no, I, I do agree with you on that. And it's just... Fuck if I know. I don't know. I, there were more compliments about me. I like that. Someone ha uh, Just Ava has some RK quips. I'm curious what they are. Uh, chatter was really interesting. It talked about how one of the ways to get out of your head is to speak in second and third person. And that can like sort of prevent downward spirals. Oh, that's interesting. Like it, like if you're going through something hard, you don't say that I am, say like RK is, or say you are. Okay. It'd be like, Savvy, you're happening. going through something difficult right now, but yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was kind of interesting. To be fair, that was one of, basically, that was one of Jordan Peterson's good pieces of advice that he had, which was to take care of yourself the way you take care of another person, which I think was accurate. Yeah. I mean, one of the, I mean, I used to always say, like, the fastest way to feel better when you're in a bad mood is to donate. Yeah. Completely agree. Uh, RK is snarky. Cher, you're just funny. Cher's hilarious. Serenity prayer. That's what we were thinking of. Yeah. That's the, like, Lord, give me the strength to change what I can, uh, whatever I can't. Uh, also, last thing I want to say before we watch this video just about this book, Chatter, which I know is not Gary Vee, that was so fascinating, is it talked about, because it was talking about the power of our brain a lot, and it was talking about the placebo effect and um, the history of it and why it still serves a benefit, even if it's not, like, why, why it still serves a benefit in medicine. And one of the interesting things it said was people who sort of, give inanimate objects power through superstition do actually find success with it just through the sheer force of belief in that power like it's not it's not mysticism or anything it's just it like it puts their mind in the right yeah. frame fix to sort of like open themselves up to more goodness and shit like that. that's what i always kind of thought it was is like also when people try to manifest things the the th good things actually come from now that they've visualized it and and fully understood the process they've given themselves the confidence to now enter that situation and achieve what they need to as opposed to letting fear hold them back that's so what I, might, I always assumed that the like the law of attraction stuff was really about i might get a lucky tattoo because i was gonna say i might get like a lucky object i was like i might yeah. lose that object so maybe i'll get a lucky maybe your next tattoo you should just like go into it saying this is going to be my lucky tattoo Maybe we can get our, maybe the tattoos we get together can be our lucky tattoo. Yes. It will help us, like, with this tattoo, we live to be at least 150. We should just both get the number 150 tattooed on us. Yeah, and then God. No, we should it. live to be 156, because that's intentional. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. And we should get it, like, we should underline it with, like, a line of cocaine. Um, oh, that's a great idea. I th okay, I love to, it. I love to it. energize us through eternity. Um, should we should we watch this video? Or should we just quickly catch up on the comments? Uh, we could do we could do the comments first. What's up, y'all? Um, uh, Eva wants to know: Did Rachel respond to the invite to the show? No, she did not. Of course, she didn't. I posted my Instagram story right because Rachel Hollis posted this podcast, and everyone started tagging me in it and being like, 
savvy respond to this and i was like okay and the podcast was her being like guys i'm doing the work which is a phrase that she and dave say so often that it's like guys learn another phrase other than do the work but she's like guys i'm doing the work i'm behind the scenes doing the work and uh here's what i'm learning from the process of doing the work and then i a lot of people were like wow she's learned nothing so i just tagged her on instagram and was like hey rachel like i'm inviting you onto our podcast if you will if you want to show people that you really have improved and learned how to take criticism then you can come on our podcast and do an interview with people who have been critical of you head on and uh she obviously didn't respond i don't mind do the work for two reasons really oh interesting one the nike swoosh just do it and two tommy wiseau just gotta do it you just gotta do it just gotta do it so so that's that's why in, in reality, I do think that it's really stupid. I think it's, it's like a weird it's mantra. A, it's a vague and overused <laughs> yeah. phrase. I think the problem is that, like, as I'm reading Dave's book right now, I'm highlighting and circling every time he says do the work. I recently put up a TikTok of me just like highlighting and flipping through the pages and going to him say do the work over and over and over again. It's just it's just bad writing when he you keep using the same phrase, which is so vague and doesn't really convey anything other than you are doing some type of work. Okay. Right. I'm going <laughs> to amend it. I'm going <laughs> to amend it. The, you just got to do it serves a higher purpose because it does spark joy by directly linking to an experience that we both are familiar with and connects us as friends. So it does more than do the work that, which is just a vague. Yeah. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. You just Dude, gotta, I, we got to live as Tommy was so for a week. Yeah. We got to watch the room together. We'll watch the room. We'll uh, watch the disaster artist. We'll discuss the book, The Disaster Artist. You gotta watch- come to New Orleans. Big easy. <laughs> Wait, okay. Actually, though, I'll come to New Orleans. We'll do Tommy was so weak from New Orleans because that's where he claims he's from. So he's actually he, 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 we can go to Chalmette, which is yeah. not too far. That's a, yeah, that's where he's from. So it's honestly, it's I'm planning trips now. Do uh, it. Yeah. Do when it. do you want me to come to New Orleans? Whenever you want. Actually, if you come in October, uh, okay. you can come for Jazz Fest. Okay, guys, I'm going to go to New Orleans in October and we're going to go to Jazz Fest and we're going to do Tommy Was So Week from yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, we'll 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 do it together. Oh, wait, ja- actually, Jazz Fest costs money. When's French Quarter Fest? Then you can come for a free festival. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, Which guys, is- we'll do we'll do one of these in person. That sounds fun. French Quarter Fest is September. Okay, same, same time, September 30th to October 3rd. Okay. And that's I'll a free it. festival. Yeah, I'll do it. You just, just got to do, do it. it. Yeah, do, do it. because yeah, now we just planned a trip for Memorial. Guys, being vaccinated is amazing. For Memorial Day weekend, Tyler and I are going to North Carolina to visit his parents. Just got to And it. yeah. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. That's okay. I can't, you're I so can't right. stop. You can't it's stop. Well, so it for Tommy was so weak, dude. It's going to be great. <laughs> Tommy was so spark so much joy. He does. We'll, we'll we'll wait till I can go there for French Quarter Week, and I'll I'll even we can get uh, long black wigs. We can dress like Tommy and everything. Oh wait, Queen of Spade is here saying some shit. I didn't recognize her. She has a different. Uh, she, yeah, she she's has got a different uh, p- picture this week. More goodness and shit like that. New merch. More goodness. <laughs> Doing the work is so blah. Rachel, do the work. I honestly don't want to be alive until age 200. Why not? Okay, no, no, here. I want to correct this real quick. When I'm saying we want to live into our late 100s, we don't want to be like, we don't want to look like we're in our late 100s or late 200s. Like, hopefully, gene editing has gotten to a point where 150 is the equivalent of being like 70. 
Yeah. Like, I still want to be able to play basketball at 150. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we should get a Tommy Wiseau quote as our tattoo. Just got to do it. Let's get just got to do it. Just got to do it. Are you pointing to your neck? You want to get just got to do it on your neck? Sorry. I was just, I just had a neck scratch I had to do. No, I do not want to get it on my neck. Get it on. Let's get no regrets. No regrets on the neck. (laughs) Yeah. Or we, yeah, no, but we should get, we should get that. We should get just got to do it. Just gotta do it. You should get that as a tattoo. Uh, With an upside down Nike swoosh. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> T- Tommy Wiseau wearing the Nike swoosh as a hat. Wait, hold up. I think I forgot to share the audio. There we go. All right, so this is Watches Gary Vaynerchuk Once. I figured out very early in life what I wanted to be doing, which is building businesses. <laughs> I think pornography is a huge industry right now. And if you're not making a porno every fucking week for the next 10 years, you're missing out on a ton of real estate. I'm extremely excited <laughs> today. He's built several billion dollar companies. I want to hear all about you and the stuff you've done. So, number one, the hardest part is... is Shut the, the fuck up. It's about... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've got your perspective. D-Rock would know, like... I- this is so Gary V. I love it. I need to put on a beanie. I didn't because it's uh, Hot. getting warm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we need? We need an epic rap battle between Jamie and D-Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. That's great. Um... Building businesses. I don't even drink a cup of coffee ever. All right. It's all these people like, what gives you so much energy? Gratitude. I'm not just going to buy the Porsche. I want to buy the Porsche. (laughs) That jump cut. That was brilliant. I love that. Dude, this guy's videos are so good. (laughs) I want to buy him a house. That's all I want to do. So I buy this guy a house so he can be my neighbor. Maybe he already has a house. No, I'm sure he has a house. I'm sure he's wealthy as fuck. I'm just saying I want to buy him a house so he's my neighbor. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't saying he needs money. <laughs> yeah. You just you just want to incentivize him to live near you. Yes. I want to say, You're, won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> just got to do it. Press the space bar, savvy. Sorry. Or sh- fucking company. I don't tell a lot of people this, but I passed up on Uber twice. The fact that I passed up on Uber twice doesn't bother me. That's his wife's a doctor. I knew the Uber kids when they were just 19. I knew those guys personally. Like, people don't understand. And I passed up on them. I passed up on Uber. It's fine. All I had to do was <laughs> give them $25,000, and it would have turned into $300 million just a few years later. And then I could have bought the Jets by now. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Gabby yeah, Hannah talking about her poetry. About it. it makes me want to fucking kill Yeah, literally, this is Gabby <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. Guys, I'm fine. I passed up on Uber twice. I'm fine, though. I'm fine. I did it on purpose. I'm fine. I'm trolling on TikTok, guys. I'm fine. (laughs) Gabby. Gabby, come on our show. We love you. Won't she be my neighbor? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, I'm uh, going to, because the other week I did um, a video reviewing. The book Rachel Oates made based on Gabby Hanna's poetry where she made it about her dog and it was so cute. So I'm like, I'm going to, I decided I'm going to do a video like that, but it's going to be that can Chewie write a better self-help book than Dave Hollis? The answer is duh. Yeah. And it's going to be his, his self-help book is going to be called bro. Stop licking your balls. 
And it's going to be all about how every day Chewie used to try to lick his balls until one day he realized that he had been fixed a long time ago and had no balls. And that's when he realized the importance of setting realistic goals and not lying to yourself. This feels like it, it's going to sell a lot. It's, it's going to be up there with the subtle art of not giving a fuck and bro, stop licking your balls. And it's going to be about the importance of, uh, of stop pursuing, I don't know, immediate gratification. That's what I said. Oh, it's about stop. It's about not lying to yourself and not pursuing unrealistic goals because Chewie doesn't have balls, but he still tried to lick them every day for years, but he doesn't have any. I dig it. I absolutely dig it. Okay. Okay. Wait, people like this book idea. That's great. Okay. Good, good. Of also, course they Lori's do. here. What's up, Lori? Uh, yeah. So the plan is that I'm going to like this week, I'm probably going to make um, like cards that'll be like different things Chewie can pick to go in the book and like what basically what Rachel Oates did in her video. I tagged her on Instagram to say that I was going to copy her video on this. And she told me I was such a bully. Which is, uh, <laughs> it was a joke. Yeah. I now have without a single doubt confirmed that our audience is a toilet humor audience. Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean the more we talk about like orifices, yeah. Uh, bathrooms you know you yeah. know just 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 like basic lowbrow potty humor the, oh, the more they're engaged and it's because they all work really respectable jobs and they have to you know dress up and go to work or go to school and and present themselves great to the world they come here to turn their mind off and hear us talk about your dog licking his balls that aren't there yeah well he's gonna write a whole self-help book on it and it's gonna be great my plan is to like so i'm gonna do the the cards and put treats on them and he can choose so since so the way that dave has structured his bullshit book is that like each chapter is a lie he used to believe and what it's the same structure as girl wash your face but it's like it's a lie he used to believe and what what story taught him not to believe that lie anymore and it's very boring the way he writes everything but i'm gonna have chewy I'm going to be like, okay, Chewie, here's some lies you can choose from. And then he'll choose the lie. And after he chooses the lie, he has to choose one of the stories that will, uh, that will debunk it. So like, for example, maybe I'll put out like, here are some lies. For example, poop tastes good. That's a lie. For example, um, the vet is scary. That's a lie. We'll put out some things like that. And then I'll, I'll write down little anecdotes of things Chewie's done. And he can pick one of those. Then I have to connect that story to the lesson somehow. There'll be a little writing challenge. The dentist is a demon. That's TBD. I mean, Chewie did go to the dentist last Wednesday. And he uh, didn't like it. But he's doing fine now. He recovered from his demon experiment. Yeah, it was great. I think it's funny that the way you describe Dave Hollis's book is based on Save the Cat Writes a Novel. Every single chapter is a rite of passage story. Yeah. But he does he doesn't really tell stories. Like he he just writes really vague. So he'll be like, in this chapter, I'm gonna talk about how I learned that I'm worth more than just what I produce at work. And then he'll be like, so when I worked at Disney, I used to think that I was only as valuable as my work. But then I realized that I had more value than that. But, it, but it'll be vague. He will never give any examples. He'll just be like, I would do these kind of things. I'm sorry. Did he just claim he has more value than a billion, multi-billion? No, not, like, not monetary value. Not monetary value. He's basically talking about like how the lesson isn't bad that like what you produce at work does not define you as a human sure Unless but my point is he tells no, 
<laughs> I mean, he does spend a lot of the chapter bragging about how much money he made at Disney. It's very uh, tasteless. He's like, so when I worked at Disney, we made $10 billion that year. And it was great because we sold all the Star Wars movies. And it was so easy to sell all the Star Wars movies because they were so good. And also, everything Disney makes is good. So because everything we make is good, it wasn't possible for me to fail. So this job had no challenges. And I realized I had to challenge myself. Oh, my God. I hate him so much. Oh, he's such a dude. That's so, dude. Like, I can understand leaving corporate america to pursue happiness if that happened but like it sounds like he's still using that job to promote himself which is just so skeevy dude he's so the, he's so douchey the whole book i gotta read this book I, it's at my library so I'm, i'll read it and then yeah, i'm talk. trying to get through it but i have to annotate like a million things on every page because everything he says is so fucking stupid that i can't forget to bring up every single stupid thing he says in the review i'm gonna do this friday that just sounds so it just it just sounds so bad it's so bad and but the problem is it's like with jordan peterson above all else it's boring like it's so boring he doesn't know how to write a story at all he just basically summarizes vague concepts of things that he's done and never tell he never sets a scene he never uses dialogue to show a conflict jp has a couple stories though I'll give him credit. He he might, he I, might Dave, be better. Has, Dave has a few stories, like, but they're never relevant. They're always like random things from his childhood. I thought that the the skateboarding story was a pretty good one from Peterson, uh -huh. which is about like kids should be breaking rules and testing boundaries. And yeah. um, obviously the friend who was addicted to drugs and ruined his entire life. That, uh, that was a, he did a really good job writing. He did that a great job with that story. Yeah. Uh, of course, that was that was JP doing do as I say, not as I do, because years later he would go on to have a drug addiction, blame everyone else and, uh, and, and come out of it still telling everyone to take responsibility for all of their actions. But he wrote a good story. He did. He did. Sorry guys. We got off topic of Gary V because we started talking about how shitty Dave Hollis's book is, which I'm hoping to finish today. We'll see. Won't you all be right. my neighbor? Let's see uh, what else Gary V's up to over oh, here. Hey, what's going on, my man? Uh, Beanies. We're looking for beanies. My man, do you put out content on the regular? <laughs> oh, no. I hope he asks for permission before doing this. I stand there and I put out content. You gotta get out there and just dish out content. Just get it out there. Content! Every fucking morning, I take my hand and I cheese out some content. <laughs> do you think that Martin Luther King Jr. was savant? When it came to marketing, you're delusional. People don't fucking realize you can make money selling smurfs. The amount of people here who care about what other people think about them makes me sick to my stomach. The main thing that I'm seeing is that LinkedIn is a tremendous opportunity right now. They all care about what other people think. I don't. Wouldn't you agree with that? I. Your wording is left a little bit in the gray area. That's enough out of you, all right? Let's focus on me. I just want to be happy. Don't you want to be happy? Over. God, over. I really loved having you on the podcast today. I would love to have you back anytime. I need to plan. Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh my god that was great okay um hold up while rk is gone i'll pull up some more gary v videos i think he did a really good joe rogan interview let me see if i can take some find some clips oh he has this one called find your fucking thing we watched this before it's really it's really vague and stupid but i think it gets us in in the the Gary V mood for this week. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get real fired up like him, which I am, I am all ready for. I am ready to do this. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, freak bitches. 
So what should we do, Gary V? Let's wrap this up. Yeah, what should we do? What should people do? People should fucking stop complaining. Right. People good, should good figure call. out who the fuck they are. Good call. People should not listen to America propaganda of fixing the shit they suck at. They should be tripling down on what they're good at. They should be. Okay, so I shouldn't fix what I suck at. I should only triple down on what I'm good at. I don't think I like that mindset, actually. I get it from a business perspective. Like, like I kind of get it, I guess. I don't know. I definitely think there's value in being willing to learn completely new things that you might not be good at. And it doesn't mean every single thing needs to be a key part of your career. But I, I, I definitely think that, like, I guess don't stress yourself out about fixing, like, if you're not good at something, maybe it should be someone else's job, sure. But I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. Be competent in certain areas, but you're not gonna become Beyonce or, you know, like your bone structure is a certain way. Like you're not gonna solve everything. Your IQ can get a little bit better, but don't worry about the incremental. Figure out what you fucking puts you on fire and you're halfway decent at. If you're lucky enough right now to be listening and you're good at what you like, become tunnel fucking vision because there's way too many voices telling you what and how. And here's the other thing, and this is the big one, Joe, because you have a humongous audience. The biggest thing that I've seen dividends from, have the conversation with the person that's holding you back. The reason most people who are listening right now are not doing that thing is they're worried about the opinion of somebody, usually their mother, usually their father, and the reality is, is that your spouse may be the person holding you back and you have to have that conversation. Cut them off. We have to get to a place where you're doing you because the number one thing that scares the fuck out of me is regret. And you're gonna sit there at 72 and you're gonna say, I wish, I wish, I wish. And whether that's money or spend more time with your family, there's a million ways to do this. Not every- I mean, I kind of agree. I use regret as a motivator in a way as well. I don't know. Is it true? Do you guys think this is an interesting question for the chat? Because I think this is a very personal thing. Do you guys think that the reason a lot of people feel that they're being held back from their dreams is due to being scared of the opinions of their family and things like that? Is that you guys think that tends to be true? Or do you think that that's just something that, that gurus sell you? Because I've never truly felt that way, but that could just be because I'm very fortunate that like my mom's very supportive of my work and it has always been very encouraging. So I don't know, it might be different. Um, here's my issue with this advice. It's incredibly American centric. Yeah, It's that's incredibly true. Western centric. In our culture, you're supposed to move out of your house and start take care, taking care of yourself. In other cultures, you're supposed to move back home and take care of your family. Are those yeah. cultures failures? No, they just they just have different values. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with that. It comes down to honest intentions. I he, yeah. this 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 man is the entrepreneurial Freud. Um, Basically, with, he's like everyone's yeah. just worried about disappointing their mom. So you should talk to your spouse. I mean, mom. I mean, spouse. I mean, kill your dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just. I, I don't know. Like, w- what are we supposed to get out of this? Are we supposed to feel motivated? First off, I, so for I, I did watch where you were gone. I didn't leave for yeah. work. I had to go to the bathroom, so I had my phone out and I was watching to catch up on what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, so this man is basically saying straight up that you should triple down on your strengths, which isn't horrible advice to begin with. But funnily enough, in most business circumstances once an executive is good at something, they'll latch onto it and they'll do it when they should be delegating. And essentially when you move up to upper management, your company actually starts growing and you start uh, hiring new people, you should be 
hiring people also to work on your strengths because that's going to hold your company's growth back because you're no longer able to vote. Like if your background is marketing and you want to take control of marketing, first off, there are people out there who are better than you in marketing. Secondly, there are people out there who are, you can get in cheap and they can do marketing for you. So you can start focusing on large picture vision ideas, building partnerships, acquiring resources and funding, or just new product development where your company does need you. You have to be a lot more flexible than tripling down on your strengths. It's not horrible strategy for a startup, which is the which is the audience I assume he's talking to. But once you're established, your strengths are actually what holds you back because you latch onto them because they're comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, but that's basically my thought. I he he. I, I don't get the whole. I don't know. Let's finish the clip before I I talk any more further on it. Unless you have something else to say. No, no, yeah. Everybody wants to buy the jets. Not everybody wants to smoke weed on the. I don't want to fucking buy the jets. Like, Fuck off. This fucking thing. Figure out what your fucking thing is and stop making fucking bullshit excuses. Who the president is? Your mom did this. Like, like I missed it. I had that idea for Uber. Then why didn't you fucking do it? <laughs> we got the Uber. Motherfucker. Dude cannot <laughs> shut up about Uber. I love it. So I don't disagree with him on take responsibility. I mean, I think yeah. that that's ultimately a healthy thing. You're going to find more happiness if you take responsibility for things. Because sure, and I think that's what all of them say in different words, basically. But it's, I mean, it's not wrong, but it's also very like surface level. But I don't know the the. I think it really just boils down to what we say regularly. It's it's be honest with your intentions. I mean, that's where everything comes from. It comes from honesty. Um, yeah. If if you're dishonest with your intentions, like with us with writing, for example, if it, why do you want to write? If you want to write due to an extreme love of writing, I mean, for one, it shouldn't, then working a regular job won't get in the way of that. You'll find time to write and you'll find time to work on it. Uh, Toni Morrison wrote, well, very early in the morning before her kids woke up and after they fell asleep and she was working a regular job. She loved it, she did it. Um, you're going to find time to do the things that you love as long as you're honest with the intentions. If, you're, if your intentions are to be famous and that's why you're putting out content, then you have to be honest with your intention. It's not a bad intention to have, but you have to be honest with your intention and you have to find the most efficient use of your time to acquire that fame because probably in our situation, like writing a book is not the most efficient use of your time to become famous, creating a TikTok or, uh, I don't know, make it for, I mean, honestly, make, if you want to be famous, make a reaction channel because that is something on YouTube. Reaction that channels is, grow fast. You can grow so fucking fast. And my channel hit 10,000 subscribers. I haven't put out a video in two months. Like because I just, I, I put out videos that people are actively looking for. So yeah. <laughs> like, you just have to be honest with your intentions and then everything becomes a lot more clear. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that that's, that's a, that's good advice. Be honest with your intentions, dude. We're going to have to put that in. We got to work on the six S rule a little more because Kindle Vela could be launching at any moment. Your mom could be launching at any moment. Um, let's see. That, that made sense. Some interesting comments here. First of all, Kimberly got my book. Oh, thank you. And is going to start a ghostwriting business. That's super exciting. I hope it's helpful to you. Let me know your thoughts. Eva says it sounds like his focus is don't be codependent. Yeah, I think that that could be what it comes down to. Um, and Amanda says every time I hear people like him say this stuff, all I can think is you've never met someone with major depressive disorder, have you? Yeah, like mental illness can really get in the way or, or like, um, like you mentioned, ADHD, like neurodivergencies. Is that the right word? Neurodiversity? Um, I don't know if I'm using the right one. But I think it's neurodivergent. 
neurodivergences can really get in the way of having this type of mindset. Definitely. That's why I can't manifest things. Cause when you got OCD and you're trying to manifest things or you want to visualize things, it, it starts to give you anxiety that you're going to have an intrusive thought of everyone in you, you love dying and accidentally manifest it. Oh, so, I thought you just hated that it was man. You want, you want a woman. I want a woman manifest it. I want a manifest Amanda, which I did successfully yesterday, not yesterday, Saturday. By the way, guys, Amanda is editing our novel, Cancel Sean Boston. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, and here's the other thing, too. I can see how people, I mean, I can't see how people found value in that Joe Rogan clip because I think yeah. that just made him sound like, um, I, I think they did DMT before that episode. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I can see why people find value in, I personally have found value in Gary Vee in the past. Sure. Um, First, I mean, first with motivation. I think I think he's really talented at motivating others. Um, second, he's not wrong with content. I think he's wrong with how he explains its simplicity. I do think that one of the benefits of him making it sound like it's simpler than it is is because one of the number one hurdles that people face with content creation is analysis paralysis, where they want everything to be perfect before recording instead of just like we've gotten a lot farther just by winging this podcast than yeah. trying to plan it out. Um, so I do think that um, him telling people to just start doing it, you know, just got to do it, uh, is a it is does have value. Um, it's difficult I, yeah. for. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, I, I was, was just, gonna... just... <laughs> you go. I'm done. I was going to talk about like you were mentioning his advice on content because we both have had mixed feelings about Gary Vee. And I think we could probably frame this week in terms of the mixed feelings we've had on him because I used to be a big fan. I mean, I don't hate him, but I used to be a fan of his a year or two back because I really liked looking at his, you know, his podcasts and his videos and his talks that he would do where he would focus on this idea of put out content. And I think one of the best pieces of value I got from him was like, if you make a piece of content, you can, you should be able to make 20 pieces of content from that one piece, which I think is something we practice on this show where it's like, we have this, we have uh, this, right? This live stream on YouTube, which we also then go put up on Spotify and on Apple podcasts, which you then will take little clips from and put on our Instagram story or onto TikTok as well. So it's like we, we out of one of these episodes, we definitely make 20 pieces of content. So I think that that what he says there is, I think, really good advice for, you know, just kind of like with Seth Godin, the building of a community and the continually involving everyone in your content type of thing. I think that that's good advice. However, I, I don't love everything about him. Sorry, continue. What were you going to say? I mean, I think that's a great way of, of framing it. I think you said all I needed yeah. to. I was just oh. looking at some of the comments, though, like Lori specifically, who said that she's 59 and still trying to figure herself out. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I think that I'll probably be in the same shoes as you when I'm 59. Um, I think that's why these gurus find so much success. I, th I, think, I think it's safe to say that it's a pretty common place to be. Um, and you just find so much comfort in someone who appears to have it all together and can tell you and tells you that you can do it too. Uh, when in reality, they probably don't have it all together either. Um, I mean, Gary Vee is pretty open about him, about, about the things in his life that he still doesn't have and is still actively pursuing. And that's what gives him purpose. And I, while I see the comfort and I certainly have subscribed in the past to a purpose-driven existence, I don't know if I'm there anymore. I think I have sort of faded away from a purpose-driven existence. And that definitely just put me at the center of this conversation, which I don't like whatsoever. So I'm gonna try and explain this neutrally. 
when I put myself or when one puts themselves in a per, in like the center of a purpose-driven existence, their life is then defined by that purpose. And it becomes rather two-dimensional and it's no longer about being human. It's about a singular outcome, which is a rather dangerous place to be because then you can live a failed life, which is a place that no one wants to be. Not to mention when you put that purpose in such a high level purpose, First off, if you do accomplish it, then what? What's the result? Because you have to assume everything comes back to legacy. And I've thought about this quite a bit where I'm thinking if you were to become the greatest author in the world, like objectively, everyone assumes you're the greatest author in the world. There's no debate about it anymore. You have reached the height of writing. Then what? You die. And what happens to your legacy? I mean, are people still going to talk about you after you die? We've had some great people pass away this past year, and are they still being talked about regularly? No, we are defined by the content that we are putting out on a regular basis, which is why Gary Vee's advice is so strong in how to generate attention. But what does it all add up to? And is that ultimately going to maximize your happiness in this life? I don't think so. That's interesting because, yeah, like if... Yeah, there's this whole idea of the legacy of what you leave after you die. But then if you're like me and you're someone who really fears death because it's like, well, what if after death there's just nothing? Then, like, I won't have the perspective to appreciate the legacy that I left behind or to find any satisfaction from that because I won't exist. So I almost don't care if people talk about me after I die. I just don't want to die. That's what drives me is fear of death. Or at least... And here's the other thing, too, why I said I'm shifting away from purpose-driven, but not necessarily knocking it. Maybe it's the fact that I don't necessarily want to subscribe to a purpose of self. Like, if I want to have a purpose, I feel like that purpose has to go beyond me. And part of the reason why the gurus who put themselves in the center of these conversations about purpose, who still give back, who still do charity, who still have these great deeds, they still put themselves in the center of this purpose. And I feel like that's where it sort of gets a little washed, um, where I can no longer follow. It's how much of their activity is a net positive for them versus how much of it is a net positive for their community or for the collective. Now, I'm not trying to say that we should operate in a collective existence. I know that especially in America, that's not a popular way to exist. And I know personally, I can't exist that way because I want the things in my life that I have. I want to have a home and I want to have internet where I can go on YouTube and do this podcast with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it just goes then back to as far as existence is concerned, I've had to write down, I'm going to go a little bit off track here, but I had, I had to write down because I was, I said earlier in this episode that like when I was feeling unhappy, the fastest way I'd feel happy is to donate. And I, and I do still believe that to an extent, but I used to just give money pretty willy nilly freely. Um, and it was no longer giving me happiness when I was giving it to individuals because it's not like it was making that much of a difference. It made it like, so there's this one example. I'll finally say it on air because I have referenced it a couple of times where someone said that they were homeless and I gave them the money to get a hotel for them, like for a week. I gave them, it, it wasn't like much. It was, a, it was a lot for me, but it wasn't much. It was 300 bucks. I gave them 300 bucks. They said they were homeless. They said they really needed help. They said that their abusive husband was trying to take their kids away from them. They really needed help. So I gave them 300 bucks. Um, the next day they got a tattoo. <laughs> And they posted about it. And the cherry on top is the tattoo they got was empath on their neck. 
And they wanted to start a movement of the empath movement for people. This is why I don't fucking trust empaths. I'm looking at you, Shane Dawson, because it, it's such a selfish fucking thing to say. I'm an empath. I, I just, I had this problem where I feel for everyone. Well, first off, you just said I to describe your feelings for other people. So no, you're not a fucking empath. You're a fucking moron. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry. I, this person took my money and got a tattoo. So that's why I'm a little pissed. Um, and it just, it really fucked with me. It fucked with me for a little bit because I just was like, my entire existence was wanting to exist to elevate others. And what that does lead to is people taking advantage of that generosity. And if I want to exist to help others, I have to accept that reality, which means if I have to accept that reality, how can I mitigate that risk? And so I started writing down what that means. How can I keep this as an identifier for myself? Because I know this generates happiness without having that downside. And the three, the few things I came up to was one, only giving money to friends in need, which was a huge, some would say obvious. I said I needed to write it down to make sense of it, but a huge driving force of it. And second, New Orleans, because if someone, if I gave money to someone in New Orleans and they still didn't necessarily, they still weren't honest with their intentions, I wouldn't feel that loss because I would have at least felt like I was giving the money back to my city. That's and that's that's a that's the sort of connection I have with the city. Like I I've been very open about I never want to live anywhere else. I love this city. When I think of legacy, when I think of intentions, when I think of existence, I know I've been hogging the microphone a lot right here. So I'm I'm full on. No, you hog the microphone all you want, dude. This is um, a good story. But I want to be ingrained in New Orleans DNA. Like that's sort of what I want for myself. I want to give back to the city. I want to give my all to the city. It's a way that I can feel like I'm living beyond myself and a part of something bigger, which I think is something that we all crave. It's why we go to things like religion. It's why we go to things like cults. It's why we go to things like self-help gurus. We want to feel like we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And you can find that in your geographic location, or at least I feel like we can. Um, and I certainly am trying to with New Orleans. It's it's something where I want to give my life to. I want to give my money to. And it's something where when I die, I want to be planted as a tree here. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll pass the microphone to you. To no, pick it up. I think <laughs> everything you're saying is super interesting, especially the whole thing. And I think it's a few people in the chat are mentioning this as well, that like whenever someone claims to be an empath, that. that, that Run the like, fuck away. Unless, unless they're a Star Trek character, <laughs> unless they're like a Betazoid Star Trek character who has empathic powers because they're an alien. If they're a human on Earth in real life claiming to be an empath, they're probably not. Full of shit. They're, they're <laughs> probably looking for justification for why they feel so shitty all the time. And they're just like, I just feel the evils of the world constantly. It's like, maybe, but most likely not. Most likely it's just you're not necessarily finding the core of, of those negative feelings. Yeah, and the I don't fucking know. So I guess the the point of that story is, uh, I still agree with my past self of the fastest way to feel better is to give. Um, I just you have to edit it. You have to edit it down to make sure that you're giving to the right things. I find there's always this interesting thing with like get like I always I I'm kind of like you that I I do want to give money to other people when they need it. I, I'm wondering if there's, well, because we all know that like, like for that, that person basically scammed you, right? They said they needed money. I don't think they even scammed me. Like, I feel like that they genuinely think that like, that they deserved it. Like, gotcha. I, that, like, like, I, like, I'm not trying to knock. I feel like they actually are in a shitty situation. They're in and a I shitty situation like... and also think they're an empath. 
Yes. And this just sort of goes back to that whole, don't make yourself the protagonist of your world. Um, because this person is very clearly the protagonist of their world and therefore they can do no wrong. If they do wrong, it's their learning experience. It doesn't matter if they've hurt someone else. So I'm not, I, I am, I'm mad at it, but I'm trying my best not to be. I'm trying my best to have empathy. So like one of the things that that book that told me yesterday, Chatter said it in this situation, I should, I, sh- I shouldn't use I language. I should say like Ari, yeah. or I should say like you. Um, and it's something that I feel like I am able to now separate myself from it and see at the very least that they, that they may still have been in an incredibly shitty situation, yeah. but they just aren't dealing with it the right way. And me helping them financially is not going to help them deal with it the right way. It's just going to be a net negative for everyone involved. Yeah. I think there's a lot of times when I'm wondering if people sometimes, I don't know if lie is the right word or if they exaggerate what they need the money for or something because they know that other people don't tend to donate unless it is a very dire situation or something. And I'm wondering if that just comes from a culture of people being very individualistic and we all like to have our own wealth that we say is our own. And if someone else wants something or wants some help in some way that they they feel that they need to almost exaggerate it in order to to find any generosity from someone else because a lot of times i know people you know make fun of the fact that people are begging online and unless they're like unless it seems like a life or death situation a lot of people will ignore it so i don't know if if that's if if it that comes from just kind of like a very individualistic mindset because like for example i hear so many people say this thing where it's like don't give money to people on the street because they're just going to use it for alcohol or whatever and it's like well maybe they need alcohol because they're an alcoholic and if they go through withdrawal it could kill them like And that's not to say that, like, you are responsible for funding someone else's addiction. That's absolutely not true at all. But my point is that, like, I think people are very easy to judge a situation without um, understanding the full story. And at this point, it's also like this is also maybe just a failure of society. I don't know. I I don't like, for example, what you just said, it's a problem I definitely have. I think Mm -hmm. what I'm doing better than some is I've identified it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So once once you once you identify the problem, it becomes something you can fix. Um, I don't like it's it's funny. All advice goes back to the same thing. It goes back to self awareness. I mean, the more self aware you are as a person, I feel like the more fluid your existence will be. Um, and it just uh, you just apply that to everything. You apply that in the situation to giving. You apply that to your career, to your relationships. Uh, the more self aware you are, the, the the better. And it's just that that's all it comes down to. I mean, I think Lori, as I mentioned before, she she posted that she's 59 and still looking for her purpose in life. And it's like, that's just all of us. We're all going to spend our lives discovering ourselves. Basically, yeah. Um, and maybe that's what happens. Like the moment you die, you get that clarity, your brain finally tells you all the answers because you get hit with that DMT. <laughs> Yeah, what Eva says, I agree with here, where it's like, I don't care. Yeah, basically, I don't care what people use their money for. Use, yeah, uh, you like, that's the thing. Everyone use your money for whatever you want. And that's, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's also one of those situations where it's like, well, let's see. Someone, yeah, someone can be both worthy of helping and free to make their own choice. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that there's a lot of judgment that happens too quickly. Um, 
at the same time, in, in our case situation, I would be, I would have been upset too, as a lot of people mentioned in the chat, because it's like, he gave this person a lot of money and then they immediately bought something very expensive with it. And even if it wasn't expensive, it was the fact that I was under the impression that their top priority was getting their living situation um, in order so that they can win custody of their kids, even though they weren't married. So I don't know how the custody thing is going to work with them. Um, and their first instinct is to go online, get a tattoo immediately, get that tattoo that's empath immediately, focus on growing their online brand by starting an empath community online, telling, encouraging other people to get this tattoo, and then talking about their ex and how their ex's best friend wants to fuck them. And I'm just like, okay, so that sob story yesterday might have been true, but it's no longer your priority. Right. right. Um, yeah. And that's why, like, this happened right before that it that uh gofundme with the author tuber who really needed yeah. money and that's why i was so skeptical when i saw that oh really it happened right before that yeah oh so this happened like really recently oh yeah i thought this happened like years ago this happened to you oh i under i totally understand yeah no in, in 2020 i was y'all missed out in 2020 i was giving money to i was full on oprah i was giving money to anyone who asked y'all <laughs> fucked up you should have been, been asking him for money last year <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. yeah, that's that. I, I definitely understand. I know I see a lot of things where I see, you know, friends online or like people I know who, who need things. And I, I'm also, I'm a very trusting person as people know, I tend to, I, I guess I'm still in the mode that you were in last year. I guess it makes sense. Cause you're one year older than me. So mm -hmm. I will be in your more. I'm excited for you to get mode. scammed soon. Yeah. I'll probably get scammed really <laughs> soon. <laughs> and I, I know I said that you didn't scam me. I just wanted to use that language for simplicity's sake. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like what Kimberly says. I gave some guy money because he had a sign that said, I need weed, and I appreciated the honesty. Yeah, dude, that dude was honest with his intentions. And, like, that's the thing. If weed is going to help him cope in this terrible world and you were kind enough to gift it to him, then good for y'all. Good for y'all. There was a YouTube video, though, that did, a sim that did, like, an experiment on a homeless. Like, this guy pretended to be homeless, and he had two signs. He had one sign where it was, need money for my daughter, uh, for my sick daughter. And he had a girl next, like, a young mm -hmm. girl next to him, and he didn't get much money at all. And then he did, need, mon uh, need money for booze and drugs, and he walked away with, like, over 100 bucks that yeah, day. Yeah, I think people like so, Yeah. But, but the thing is, he was being dishonest. He, he just, it's, it's the appearance of honesty. So that person may uh, have been honest. he actually did need it for his daughter? No, it was an experiment. He was recording oh. what people are, what people respond to. And so they, they perceived that as honest and therefore they gave the money for it. Yeah. So that, 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 that was a wild experiment. And then it actually ended with a home, like it actually ended with um, another homeless person read the sign that was need money for my daughter. And he actually gave money to him. Oh, that's interesting. And so, of course, he stopped the experiment and gave the guy all the money he, he made gave for the, the day. gave the homeless guy yeah. all the money. That was nice. Plus, yeah, yeah, but but it was an it was an interesting experiment. Who knows how true it is? I mean, I could be I could be naive for assuming a YouTube experiment is true, but it was still interesting. Yeah, because I know a lot of those are staged for yeah. for the views. But yeah. Um. So Eva says, "I had a coworker struggling with an unplanned pregnancy, and her choice was being defined by money." I said that if that was the only factor, let me know and I'd cover the cost. Oh, and she's going to have a second comment to follow this up that I will read in a second. Um, 
And I had a phone call at nine, but no one called me. So I'm assuming I'm not on it. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're good. Kimberly says you have to give with the understanding that maybe he won't spend it on weed and that it's just none of your business what it spends it on. There's always a gamble involved, just the reality. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, if he takes the money and doesn't spend it on weed, like it's not like that's a problem. I, I, I think I, I, I was just pointing out an experiment I read where it was like maybe he saw maybe like in his own personal experiences, he, he has seen that people give him more money when he uses that sign. And so therefore he's using it and he's going to go buy food. I mean, I don't think you should feel bad if you gave him money for weed and he buys food. I was just talking about how that reminded me of an experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Eva says she took the loan and used it to pay her car payment. It wasn't the only oof situation with the person, but it was one I was okay with being manipulated over. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I don't know the full story, but it kind of sounds like if she had the unplanned pregnancy, maybe the car payment was something she was worried about is like, how is she going to raise a kid with no car? So maybe she had to make the car payment. I don't know. I don't know the full situation. I can but... see how you felt manipulated, but I can also see how that's like, you could, you could be okay with that sooner because yeah, it's exactly. not like she spent it on something like a luxury good. Right. Exactly. Or wait, maybe a car, but no, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's something she already had. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I think just Eve is just, it's just more enlightened than us. Yeah. I think we've got a lot of like very kind and actually empathetic people in the chat. I don't know if I would call anyone an empath because I don't think that I, I like think, them too much. <laughs> I don't think that any human is solely defined by that. I think we all have empathy in certain situations and don't always have empathy in other situations because all humans are complex beings with a range of emotions. So I don't, but I think if someone's like, I am an empath, I always feel other fe others feelings. It's like, I don't believe you. Yeah. It's one of those things where maybe there are real empaths in the world, but they're not, they're not telling people about it. Oh, oh, Eva says that she ghosted her. Well, that's super rude of her. Super rude. Oh, now I see the whole story. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's rude. That's very rude. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's what it comes down to. I don't ever want to stop giving, but I had to define my limits. Um, right. There's a cliche, which I sort of like, where it's good fences make good neighbors. Um, and it's basically, if you live your life with clearly defined boundaries, um, you won't disappoint others. That's fair. I'm a person who has basically no boundaries, and I probably should get myself some boundaries. But I'm kind of like, yeah, everyone can come into my life. Do whatever you want. Yeah, someone who's I've met in a chat online and I've never seen in person. You want to come to my house for the weekend? Whatever. Yeah, of course. Some Tyler's had to stop me from like, I'll see someone who's like outside sleeping and I'll be like, oh, we should invite them in so they have somewhere to sleep. And he's like, Sav, you are not inviting strangers into our home. And I'm like, why not? So I have no boundaries as a person and it, I need other people in my life to define boundaries for me because otherwise I will literally just, uh, I will just let, I will just do whatever because I have like the, I have a basically an infinite comfort zone. Almost nothing makes me uncomfortable. See, I don't think you should have a memoir. I think you should have a Kevin Smith movie. Cause I, I think a Kevin <laughs> Smith movie called no boundaries about a girl with no boundaries would be hilarious. <laughs> Dude, I, I would if you're talking about a movie about me, I need Kevin Smith to direct it. That would be pretty great. We're reaching, we're manifesting this. Kevin Smith, make a movie about Savvy's No Maybe. Boundaries. Yes. 
Like it, it could be about how you throw a wild party and just invite all these random people into your house and just all the shenanigans that's, that that's follow. That's the thing. I've told Tyler, like, when we start having parties again, after, like, now that we're vaccinated, I think we should just put a sign on our door that says, come on in. And he was like, no. And I'm like, why not? Parties are there for everyone. And he's like, Dude, no. People are going to come into your house with shoes on. They're going to bring dirt everywhere. I'll get over it. I'll use a Swiffer. I can't even get over it. And it's not even my apartment. I'm just thinking of all like the crumbs that are going to seep into your carpet. Okay, Patricia, I am the same way like this, right? I take people at face value and get confused when I find out I miss signals. That happens to me all the time. I cannot. If, first of all, nobody in this chat uh, in life, everybody do not ever try to let me down gently about something. If you need to let me down about something, you need to, you need to just say it. Savvy, you I hate your face. Yeah, basically like that. If you, if anyone tries to let me down gently, I will not get that they were letting me down at all. I will take at face value what they meant. So, were you ever like, done? For example, without being pr probably <laughs> without knowing it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, do you still think that you have a girlfriend from college that just like is, doesn't even think about like like I'm married to Tyler, but I have this one girlfriend from freshman year of college that I like. We just never broke up, and I assume we're still dating, but we haven't spoken since we were eighteen. Wait, I have a situation that's actually a little bit like that. I think that when when I when Tyler and I got back together, I was like sort of dating this other guy and I just kind of left him and started dating Tyler again but didn't really tell him about it. Oof. He still and thinks about you. So, no, he doesn't. He's married to someone else now. He and still thinks about you. No, he doesn't. I cuz I messaged him right after and I was like, "Sorry that I just did that, but also do you want to still be friends?" And he said, "Yeah, I want to still be friends." But Are you still he, friends? No. And I thought we were going to still be friends, but it turns out that's just a thing people say to let people down easy. I thought we were going to still be friends. We're not friends. We haven't talked in years. He has um, a savvy mask that his wife wears. Oh my God. Stop. <laughs> no, that's gross. No, no. That's of not course true. that's gross. That's um, why people are here. They're here for the gross humor. <laughs> um, but no, that's the kind of like, so the, the thing that fucked with my mind the most was on Twitter a couple weeks ago, there was this whole thing about, um, the phrase let me let me let you go or something I, like I'm gonna let you go like when you're on the phone with someone and they're like well I'm gonna let you go I just learned from that 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 phrase is a thing people use because they want to be done talking to you and are trying to be polite about it this whole time when people have used that phrase with me I thought that they like felt that they wanted to let me go that they felt bad about keeping me on the phone so I would always be like oh no don't worry about it you don't have to let me go this whole time they were just trying to get out of talking to me any longer. See, let me let you go. That dude, that fucked with my mind so bad. I was that's like, their fault. You how have many situations have people been trying to get out of conversations with me and I just kept going? You're pretty relentless. Like, I'll, I mean, since we started our friendship, I've just been trying to get out of a conversation with you the entire time. So for years, and I just just stopped. I mean, you, 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 sub up. you submitted me and now I just have an ongoing conversation with you. <laughs> That, that's our friendship, Savvy. I I I couldn't tap out. She 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 choked the friendship. It just kept, it it kept the conversation going to the point where now it's never gonna end. Exactly. I, I'm just uh, I'm 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 her. I was almost gonna say puppet. <laughs> like that's <laughs> just just to like bring Patricia in. This is all a joke, guys. Just so you know, it's all a joke. It, yeah, I'm not her puppet. Everything else is true. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I love you, Savvy. Uh. I need, just don't, don't, don't get weird. 
uh, I need people to be okay. So we have a lot of people who need to be straightforward too. We, we, yeah, for, I need people to tell me exactly what they mean. Like that's exactly. wild. This chat is incredibly gay, but needs to be talked to straight. Y'all are weird. Just make up your mind. <laughs> Fucking weirdos. Cher <laughs> would love to sit near me on a plane. I, I've made friends on planes before. As I've told a story in my book, I met the illustrator of Smile Chewy on a plane. We were That's just talking about our work. And then I, she found out I was working on a book. And I found out that she was in college studying illustration. And so we exchanged information. And then I hired her to illustrate Smile Chewy. So sit next to me on a plane. Good things might happen. I've had some good friends on planes and some bad friends. I mean, I like Fight Club's definition of friends. I like, like, what is it? One single use friends. Single use friends. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, because more often than not, you know, like he basically did everything on a flight is single use. You know, the the food, the forks, yeah. the, the the hand wipes, shit like that. Uh, the the coffee cups, and then of course the people you meet. Um, so I've had some interesting single use friends. Yeah. I'm always sad if I don't get if I don't stay in contact with people that I meet. I like to cultivate friendships with everyone. Okay, and so when you fly to New Orleans, you're going to meet some weird people on that plane because that's always where I meet the weirdest people. I'm so excited! I'm so excited. Yeah, and and it's oftentimes like it's it's either people are really drunk and ready to party or really drunk and ready to fight. But yeah. they're always really drunk on the plane because they're like, "We're going to New Orleans. We have to get off the plane drunk." Getting <laughs> off a plane drunk sounds horrible. It depends on the plane. I mean, I want to get I, to my destination safely before I start drinking. Otherwise, I'll get anxious. Okay, fair enough then. Like for for me, when I'm doing a long flight, um, first off, I don't fly or travel often because I'm terrified of flying. So I have to save up to make sure I have enough money or miles for first class. Um, it's just it's just what I am now. Like, uh, I'll I'll occasionally fly coach, but I will not be comfortable the entire time. Uh, so, so that's something I do have to save up for and do when I fly. And uh, I also, if it's a long flight and it's an appropriate time, I'll have a drink. Sounds it, good. It, it helps put me at ease. I'm definitely excited to go to New Orleans. Y'all, I think we need to get this stream wrapped on up. I got to go take Chewy on a walk. And tomorrow we are going to delve more into Gary B and his hustle culture type of life and maybe talk about some of the weird stuff that he sells. And then Wednesday, we're going to learn all about his NFTs. So thank you all so much for being here today. Should we quickly see the, um, should we quickly read the comments before we leave? Sure, sure, sure. I got one of those, sorry, I, I thought this was the phone call I was waiting for. Um, and it was one of those car extended warranty phone calls. Oh, I hate those. I hate those so much. Also, y'all, I just got a notification. Episode five of Iron Movement. That's Iron M-V-M-N-T. Children's Nutrition Series Episode 5 with Coach Witt just came out seven minutes ago, so check that out. Check that out, y'all. Um, Iron Movement is Kat Benson's podcast with her co-host. I'm blinking on her name. <laughs> just Eva says, we're driving to the Gulf in June if things go according to plan for a short beach vacation with the toddler. That sounds wonderful. Kimberly says, the best thing about down here is that strangers talk to you and are so friendly. You can walk in a place and walk out with new friends. I love that. I love that so much. Joe saying, have a good day. Eva saying, have a good day. Thanks, y'all, so much for being here this morning. We're excited to see you again tomorrow. Um, I think later today, maybe 
in an hour or two, I might do a live stream on my channel to celebrate hitting 20,000 subscribers. So I'll Boo. probably, yeah, it sucks. Uh, everyone, everyone go to that live stream and hit the dislike button so people can show up and think Savvy's getting canceled. It'll be hilarious. It'll be hilarious. Yeah, it's great. I'll probably do a giveaway too. Um, but I will see you guys all again soon. Have a nice Monday. Bye everyone. Bye everyone.